Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Danielle Bezalel and Danielle aka DB is a creator executive producer and host of the sex ed with DB podcast a feminist podcast bringing you all the sex ed you never got Danielle earned a master of public health with expertise in sexuality sexual and reproductive health from Columbia University and today Danielle and I talk about sexual education the state of sexual education in the US a lot of you listening it's probably been a while since you were in middle school high school sex ed class I'm 37 feels like ages ago and it was pretty inadequate back then and unfortunately seems to be that way today as well. So Danielle and I talk about how to kind of make up for the lack of sex ed that that we got and understand ourselves better. We talk a lot about pornography and masturbation. I really like our conversation around that, really having more awareness around our self-pleasure practice. And Danielle gives some tips on how to do that. And then also how to talk to your kids about sex and masturbation and everything in between. You know, uh, Sarah and I have an eight-year-old daughter, so we're not quite there. But there are some things as far as how she should, you know, create boundaries and what's okay as far as people touching her, or even grown-ups, but even her friends and, and instituting boundaries there. So Danielle talks about how we can do that and how we can have sex ed conversations with our young adolescent children as well. Hi, Danielle. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Hello, Chase. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk all things sex ed, common questions that you get, communication, and dive into a really fun and interesting experiment that you did and, and have talked and written a lot about. So I thought we could start by having you tell our listeners why you enjoy this area of you know, education and helping people. And then we'll go from there. Sure, I would love to. I think sex education is one of the very few things in my life that truly light a fire in me. Uh, a couple of those other things are like singing on a stage or traveling. But I think sex ed always takes the cake because I can see a very real impact in the day to day lives that I can make on a young person if I'm in the classroom with them or a listener of my podcast, and to empower somebody to feel 
happy and healthy in their own body to make their own choices that make them want to live their best life. Um, that's kind of the best case scenario as a sex educator. And so that's that's those are some of the reasons why I really love teaching sex ed. I also think that the topics are very fun. And since they often are taboo topics, everyone's curious about them. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to learn. Uh, usually people didn't get great sex ed growing up from school or from their parents or from movies or TV. And so uh, I like to be that that bridge, really, that kind of helps people learn a little bit more about who they are uh, and the experiences that they're having. Our listeners are, you know, a wide range of of people, but let's assume that that right now that the people tuning in are young adults or up to 40 year old people in relationships or single and dating and they're listening and they're like, Sex ed. Yeah, I remember in middle school, we we went over that. And unfortunately, it seems like that the history of sex education has, has been less than ideal. So where do you start with, let's say, that listener who has gone through sex ed and, and they've had a decent amount of adult life and sexual experiences, but their foundation has not been the best? And I could be creating the wrong avatar, but I, I picture this being a, a very common person and, and one that you're helping. Uh, where do you start with someone like that as far as if you want to get them thinking about their sexuality and, and approaching it in a, a more holistic, better, more fun and fulfilling way? Love this question. I think this is the first time that someone has ever asked me this question, which is very fun because I've been on quite a few podcasts, but it's very, very fun to hear a new one. Uh, for the first thing I would say is you're not alone, listener. Uh, as you may or may not know, uh, sex ed in this country, in the U.S. in particular, is quite garbage. And so just to to blast you with a quick stat, in 2023, only 18 states require sex ed program content to be medically accurate. So if that's kind of what we're working with, like in the current day, then imagine how bad it was uh 10, 15, 20 plus years ago. And so I think, again, you're not alone and it's not too late. I think there are plenty of great resources out there, whether that be podcasts or books or really, really great new uh, TV shows that are more inclusive and show more queer identities and show better, healthier depictions of relationships. Um, and so I think like, schooling yourself and figuring out like, what do you enjoy? What kinds of content speak to you and finding those? And I'd also say like reading up on articles and blogs by experts and from your favorite brands even sometimes have really great educational information. Um, one example of that is like, I used to uh, work with a company called Future Method and they do all sorts of education and conversations around anal sex and anal health. And their CEO is an anal surgeon. And so they have a really, really comprehensive blog that has all of this kind of information of like anal for beginners, like how to even talk about anal play or anal health. And so if that's something that's like, oh, that's like pretty scary to me, or maybe I've wanted to try something like that, but I'm just not even sure where to start, definitely start with the experts who have information and education that's inclusive and good for the layperson to just understand and learn more about. 
That's a shocking statistic that you started with, but unfortunately not surprising. And yeah, it speaks to why your work is so important and, and the work that you mentioned among others. What are some common questions that you get? And then I also want to talk about just it came to the forefront of my mind as you were speaking of just the role of pornography. And, and that seems to be, I imagine, a huge form of sex ed for people, but that's not necessarily the healthiest or most accurate. I heard someone describe it as like, these people are sexual athletes. And and also, among other things, you know, it's a an industry that's concocted to not necessarily represent sex and, and, and how most, quote unquote, normal people are having it. So I know I, I'm kind of blasting you with, with two questions there, but but I, I just wanted to put that out because it was on my mind. Yeah, no, this is a really, really fantastic set of questions here. And I'll start with porn, uh, because I think it can be really easy for people, especially if they're parents listening to say, nope, I'm like swearing off all porn. It's dangerous. It's, uh, you know, non-consensual. It's sex trafficking. And I really want to center us uh, around the facts, which are there is ethical porn out there where people are paid a living wage, where people are really focused on consent behind the scenes and in front of the camera, uh, where people who are in the crew and the actors are being paid and treated correctly and with respect. And so I think we need to really normalize that sex work is the oldest profession on the planet. And so porn is not going anywhere. So whether or not you think your kid is going to see porn or you're going to see porn if you don't want to, right? Like it's everywhere. And so we need to really uh, do a harm reduction approach, in my opinion, and an expert's opinion around pornography instead of swearing it off because making something taboo and making it shameful for people doesn't prevent them from doing it. It just makes them feel bad about it. So how can we really think through, like you said, the fact that these are sexual athletes, quote unquote, um, we want to normalize their what they're doing and at the same time teach that there is a difference between real life sex and porn. And for some people, uh, it's it's something that they really look forward to in order to feel titillated and in order to go to a place where they maybe want to see that in their porn, but they don't actually want to experience that in real life. It's a fantasy. It's an, an escape. Um, it's entertainment, right? And so I do think that when it comes to ethical porn, we really should be normalizing it and talking about it more. And the more that we make things the norm and the more that we legalize sex work, the better that we can really make sure that safety is in place and that things are regulated as they should be and people should be treated with respect and fairly and paid a living wage. And so that's that's my spiel about porn. Um, in terms of your questions around, you know, what are the most common questions that we get? You know, at a certain point when we were really growing on our Instagram, we would get daily questions and they would kind of come in two forms. One would be some form of the question of, am I pregnant? And it wouldn't exactly come in like that, but maybe it's like, my boyfriend, like, you know, the condom broke and I don't know what to do. Or, oh, I like had pre-cum in my hand and I touched my girlfriend's vagina, but I'm not sure if she's pregnant. Like, can you help me? And my answer to everyone is always the same, which is, 
no, I cannot help you as someone over the internet. And it is really important that you understand, first of all, like how pregnancy even happens. Most people don't really understand uh, the menstrual cycle and ovulation and how uh, a sperm meets an egg and fertilizes it. And that is what becomes a fetus and yada, yada, yada. And so a lot of people need to understand that very basic information that most people do learn in the US in like eighth grade biology, but that we have forgotten and that we uh, we panic, right? And another thing I say is like, you won't be able to tell uh, if you are pregnant right away. It can take up to, you know, three weeks even, which is why you are told by those pregnancy test commercials, like days before your missed period. And that's because they can't, they can't detect it right away. It can take days for sperm to live inside of the body and days to swim, days to fertilize the egg, et cetera. And so uh, that's that's a very common question that we get. And and if you are worried, like definitely recommend emergency contraception within 72 hours. Um, an IUD is actually the most effective form of emergency, emergency contraception, followed by a prescriptive pill called Ella, E-L-L-A, that your doctor or medical professional can provide you then followed by plan B. Uh, Another thing that people don't know is that plan B, although the most uh, common thing that you might see in a drugstore, CVS, Walgreens near you, it is the least effective form of emergency contraception. Um, That doesn't mean that it's not effective. It just means there are other more effective options out there. Uh, And if you're someone who's above 165 pounds, it becomes a little bit less effective. But it is really important that you still take that if that's what you decide to do. And if you want to go to your doctor or see your healthcare provider or take a pregnancy test after your missed period, then you can decide, okay, do I need to understand my options for termination? Uh, what, what, are my, what are my options here? So that's, that's the first question that we usually get. And then the second question that we usually get is some form of how do I stop masturbating or I feel so guilty masturbating. What do I do? I can't stop touching myself. And that question is really embedded and baked in shame and in guilt that people feel very uncomfortable with the idea that they are committing a sin, quote unquote, or that they're doing something wrong. And the response that I usually give to folks is like, okay, are you know, there are kind of a couple qualifying questions that you want to ask yourself to see if this is really a problem for you. One, are you like physically in pain when you do this? Does it actually like hurt your body? Most people are like, no, it doesn't hurt my body. Okay, next question. Uh, Are you foregoing other responsibilities that you have to masturbate? For example, are you skipping out on work and school and chores and child caretaking? Most people are like, no, I don't. I still do those things. I still am a responsible human being. And I I do what I need to do. Okay, next question. Are you putting anyone else in harm or danger with your masturbation? Are you making other people uncomfortable? Or is it something that you're doing in the privacy of your own home? No, it's usually something I'm doing in the privacy. Okay, you're probably doing just fine. So obviously, like no one can tell you for sure if you have a problem with something unless you seek a medical professional or a mental health professional's advice. However, we have to recognize where we're at in our society and how so many people when they were young are taught that masturbation is wrong when it's not. Uh, Masturbation is often a healthy thing. 
that actually does have a lot of health benefits, such as maybe improving sleep, or if you have a period, uh, it can lessen cramps. Um, it can also make you feel more confident in your body and make you know what you like in order to communicate that to a partner. Uh, it can make you happier. It can literally like increase the chemicals in your brain that make you happier. Um, dopamine, right? So I think like understanding that masturbation can actually be really awesome and be seen as a positive thing. It's really a framework shift that we're trying to help uh, folks who approach us with that question. So those are, that was a lot of talking, but that's kind of, those are uh, the kind of questions that we get. And that's my, that's my spiel on porn. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low-quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot C O. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... 
No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code IDO when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Well, thank you. And yeah, that's valuable. Both of those topics are obviously around pregnancy and masturbation, and they both could have their own podcast series and dive into the ins and outs of both and and educating. But I want to ask you about masturbation and obviously, maybe not obviously, but to me, it's a lot of times going to be associated with pornography and that that goes hand in hand. And not for everyone and not necessarily, but let's just go with that, that that's probably going to be pretty common. How do you think about and educate around, and those were some great questions that that people can ask themselves as far as, are you skipping work, childcare, and and is it really Mm -hmm. a problem? I've noticed for myself that, you know, if I'm bored, it can be like, yeah, I'm going to watch porn and, and masturbate. And that's more in the past. And, and, Again, I don't want to say there's anything wrong with that. It's not shameful, but just as a trying to live more consciously and and in the same way that if I'm bored, I try not to just eat ice cream because that feels good. Try to be with my thoughts. Think about, you know, am I just trying to delay the work I have to do? Am I not okay being bored? X, Y, Z. So obviously there's a lot of different angles and it can be complicated, but... We certainly don't want to have shame around it, but I guess I'd like to just have a conversation around masturbation and not, I don't want to say when it's appropriate, but just trying to do it more consciously because I think like anything in life, we want to move through life with more awareness, you know, and I think masturbation, especially with pornography, and I'm speaking about my own experience and it's anecdotal. I don't want, I don't know what everyone's experience is, but that it's like kind of picking up social media because I'm bored and I'm just going to mindlessly scroll through Instagram. I found that pornography and masturbation in the past can can kind of assume that position. And, and what I've talked about on this podcast before is like embodiment and getting more in touch with our body, having more awareness and approaching masturbation from from a point of not necessarily 
using porn. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to stigmatize it, but I think it's been valuable for me to have awareness around, well, why am I masturbating? Is it because I'm you know, just trying to distract myself. And if I am to try not to necessarily go straight to pornography and to get in, more in touch with my body. And, and it's been helpful for that. So I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. No, I, I really get where you're going with this. And I think that one thing that I'd recommend if you're trying to take a little bit more stock in what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and not necessarily doing something out of habit, I do think slowing things down a lot can be very helpful. And really thinking about your masturbation practice as like a little bit more meditative than uh, just something that you feel like doing because you don't know what else to do. Um, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to watch porn and masturbate every day at some point, again, that's, that, that is a normal thing. Many people do that. So if you want to say, I want to be more intentional and thoughtful about how I'm feeling, then maybe you want to start by touching your hand, laying down on your bed and touching your hand slowly down your arm, right? And just like tickling your arm and noticing the feelings that are coming up there. Then maybe you want to move over your chest and have some thoughts and feelings about that. Maybe you're reflecting about certain things that turn you on or certain things about your partner if you're dating someone that you get really excited about, right? So it's kind of like in, in the same vein as a gratitude practice, right? Like you hear this a lot when we're kind of having a bad day or we're, we're not really taking stock of the things that bring us a lot of joy. Maybe we'll have a gratitude journal where we'll like immediately write down five things that we're grateful for. Or, uh, you know, you'll meditate for five minutes. I think this is in the same vein where how do we really center ourselves in our bodies and really feel the pleasure and the joy that can come from being with ourselves. And so I think like if, if we relate more to that meditative state and practice of masturbation, and there are tons of apps out there that kind of can guide you. Um, there's also... Uh, specifically for people with vulva, I think it's actually for people of all body parts, but I know specifically for people with vulvas, there are companies and apps like Satisfier where like there's an app that connects to your toy that and they have like meditation type uh, masturbation practices that you can move through with a toy. And so I do think that that can be really healing for people um, to maybe like shut off the visuals for a second, maybe let let your you know, screen time, take a pause. And I also want to shout out a really fantastic audio stories, erotic or erotic audio stories app called Dipsy, because I do think that allowing yourself to hear people instead of see them gives you the ability to, to fantasize in a lot of different ways and be a little bit more creative with your pleasure practices. So if you're hearing voices, you can picture certain actors or yourself in that role or other people. And it can be very freeing as opposed to maybe comparing yourself to the types of to the types of bodies that people in porn have. And so there are definitely a lot of options, but I do appreciate this idea of maybe slowing down, really thinking a little bit deeper about what brings you joy about touching yourself and how can you like relate it to some sort of practice similar to meditation? Totally. And, 
you know, I think it's similar to, to all the technology that's coming into our lives of that it's new and, and, it, and it can be helpful. But I think what we've been finding and what we'll find. And again, I, I don't want to like shame people for, for watching porn, but that it's in the same way that I'm, you know, I'm not shaming people for using social media. And I will say I'm happier when I'm off social media in a sense. And so it's not to say don't masturbate, don't watch porn, but having a lot of awareness around it and, and using some of the things that you said and, and understanding that I feel like, especially if you're in partnership, like when I'm in partnership, I have better sex when I'm not masturbating or watching porn. It's like, and I'd love for you to speak to this. And men are obviously different than women, but I feel like men, the biology of it is that there's less of an unlimited reserve for sexual satisfaction and, and stimulation and, and the ability to orgasm multiple times for, for men. And so that if we're kind of masturbating a lot and getting that out of our system. And then we go to connect with our partner. To me, I found it um, way less intense. And and so this is, I realized that very early on in, in, in my sexual experiences. And I've tried to, to not do that, not out of shame, but just out of like, I want to experience the world and the pleasures of connection more intensely. And for me, I would imagine for, for other men as well, not everyone's the same, but that is the case. And, and I, I want to maybe draw this analogy to like social media. It's like, I can look at everyone doing cool things and, and going on hikes and that's, it, it's not real. It, and sure, there's a little dopamine hit, Instead, I can go out and experience life myself and go on hikes and go to the beach. And and that's really more fulfilling. I don't know if that analogy plays out, but I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on that. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I just want to ask you a few questions. I want to know why you guys are here. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? Do you want to feel truly heard? Are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? And let's not forget about the fun. Do you long for those fun, giggly moments at the beginning of your relationship? Over the last decade of hosting this podcast with Chase, these have been our top questions. And we get it. We've been there. And that's why we created Spark My Relationship course, because we wanted to put the tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. So we're offering this course, Spark My Relationship, for only $100 until April 6th. In less than 90 days, this self-paced course will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner all while having fun doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. This offer is only going to last until Saturday, April 6th. So head on over to our website, sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 at checkout to get the course for only $100. That's nearly 60% off and it won't last. The sale ends April 6th. That's sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 to get our course for only $100. 
love tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Yeah, this is a really interesting point where, and I'm sure research is being cooked up on this right now, where if we looked at cis men and cis women and said, okay, what is the difference in masturbation practice and the way that we feel like we can connect with our partner? Because I feel it's just a hunch, but being a cis woman, you know, like it might be different for cis women where women might feel more oh, like if I know what I want in my body and I'm able to masturbate, say once a week, right? Then maybe I can connect to that with my partner and feel more excited to tell my partner what exactly I want. And so I'm sure that there there are truths and, and nuances and differences here and definitely don't want to make any sort of blanket statements because I think like at the end of the day, whatever you feel, and whatever you and your partner want to do together, it's all about you two. It's not really about what you think other people are doing or or if you think what you're doing is weird or different or you're having way less sex or way more sex or way less masturbation or more. Like At the end of the day, you can look at the research and you can look at what other people are doing, but you want to feel as best you can in your body and in your relationship. So whatever that may be, if that for you, Chase, or for other men listening is like, yeah, I, I agree with that. I I don't feel super confident in uh, my ability to connect my partner if I'm masturbating too much. And for women who are listening, if you're like, actually, that's not really my experience. I really enjoy my me time and my masturbation and I still really enjoy connecting with my partner like you should do that. And whatever feels good definitely should be the thing that you're going for. Um, But I would be interested to see the research uh, if there is on this topic. Yeah, I'd love to see the research too. And and yeah, and it's all anecdotal and it's just me and and talking to other male friends or having, you know, in the past. And my, my hunch is for men, it's, again, this is a blanket statement, but uh, that it would be more fulfilling to connect sexually with a partner if we're not 
masturbating, you know, outside of sexual intercourse. Again, that's a very, you know, it's like frequency. It's a very broad statement. But that's your experience. That's totally valid, too. If that's how you feel and that's your experience. And at the end of the day, if you're saying, hey, I really want to be able to connect with my partner and this is like a pattern or like a feeling that I've noticed, then like, that's great for you to be able to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I am very curious, but I, I feel like there's this kind of like sexual energy that as a man, it, 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 it's allowed to build up if it's not being released. And then when I do connect with a partner, it's more intense. It's more satisfying. I can feel more and all that. And I know everyone's different and especially male and female, but I think the overall point is to to everyone listening, as you mentioned, like find what works for you and, and really to, to have awareness around it and not to have shame or guilt, but, but awareness is a huge thing. And especially, you know, I think of everyone in between young people getting into their sexuality, but even older people set in their ways. I, I can't imagine, you know, when I was coming of age, it was pornographic magazines you know there wasn't even the internet i'm i'm 37 but it's so crazy to say that but i was right on the edge but i'm thankful for that because i don't know like i just would have been exposed to so much and it would have been so easy and tricky to like have a healthy relationship with it early on do you speak to adolescents and that maybe our listeners might not not necessarily be that but certainly parents of adolescent boys and girls that are coming of age and and how to talk to them about pornography and masturbation? Yeah, it's absolutely. It's, It's definitely a really important thing for parents to equip themselves with because in the U.S., the average age that uh, boys will see porn online or come across it is 11. Um, That is typically before they have had any sort of sexual debut um, obviously. And so it's really important. And for girls, it's a little later, but it's still something like 14. Um, so I think that it's it's really a parent's job to kind of learn about, okay, what's going on here? Where can I really like understand uh, how to talk to my kid or kids about this? And I think I want to shout out a couple of organizations that are doing a really great job with this. And the first one is Advocates for Youth. Um, so I think that Advocates for Youth, which is a DC-based uh, nonprofit that does policy work and education around comprehensive sexual health education for young people, they have tons of great resources uh, specifically around how to reach parents and how to help parents reach their kids when it comes to these topics. And I'll give you a little preview of the kinds of things that are important for parents to say. Um, You know, it's really important for parents to address this with their kids before they might see it, right? So maybe at age 10, at age 11, you're, if if they have a computer, if they have a phone, you know, that's most likely smartphones are so normal now that I could see most 11-year-olds having a smartphone um, or at least internet access. And so it's important for parents to sit down with their kids and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something that you might see uh, on the internet. And that thing is called pornography. And it's not for kids. It's actually for adults, but it's very possible that you might come across it. And if you do, I want you to be able to ask me questions about it. 
and uh, to know what it might be. And what you should know is that it is sexually explicit content of people having sex with one another. And you can even name it. Like, I know, I know, it's really awkward for me to be talking to you about this, but I have to get through this. I, I got to let you know what's going on. Um, and say, you know, what you should know is that that's not what real life sex looks like. It is entertainment. And again, it's really not appropriate for you to be watching. So if you come across it, I want you to tell me. And I want you to tell me if you have any questions about what you see. Now, this should not be the only conversation that you have with your kid. If it is, your kid's going to be like, what the actual hell? Never speak to me again. That's so weird and so strange. And they might say that anyway, even if you're talking to them about other stuff. But it's really important that parents throughout the kid's life are having frequent conversations around bodies, around boundaries, about body part names, about consent, about the way that we relate to our friends and to possible people who we have crushes on. Um, and as we grow, right, like we know that the average age of sex in the U.S. uh for the first time is 17 years old. And for most people, that's before they graduate high school, right? So if especially your kid has really trash sex ed in their school, then they're going to depend on you to, to be able to provide them with information and education. And even if you feel like you don't know what you're talking about, if your kids come to you with questions, you can always say, that's a really good question. I'm going to get you the right answer. Let me let me do some research and let's talk about it tomorrow. And you can always, you know, consult Advocates for Youth, Planned Parenthood, other kinds of great organizations that can help. Um, there's also a, a puberty podcast that's out. Um, I Those are two friends of mine um, who, who do that podcast. And they just came out with a book called This is So Awkward, specifically for parents on exactly how they can help their young people through uh, the awkward times of life. Well, that's super valuable. And yeah, I'm the parent to an eight-year-old daughter and it's starting to to creep into my mind. Obviously, she's a ways off, but time flies. And just some of the things you mentioned, like talking to her now about like what's appropriate as far as people touching her or, you know, or even her friends and I, you know, playing doctor is is certainly a, a thing that I feel like kids start off experimenting, just figuring it out with each other early on. And, and having those conversations, I think, is important. And and yeah, we're not taught it. And so even as adults coming from the sex education system that, that we do, most of us, it's really important to have some awareness and release the shame and, and educate ourselves. So thank you, Danielle, for, for sharing all the information that you do through your work and today in this conversation. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and if there's anything you want to leave them with and then we'll say goodbye? Absolutely. Yeah, no, this has been really great. Thank you so much for having me. That's Sex Ed with DB. You can find us on Instagram at Sex Ed with DB podcast, on TikTok at Sex Ed with DB and if you want to listen to our podcast, feel free to listen on all platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts and check us out at sexedwithdb.com. Um, the one thing that I want to share is that we just dropped a really cool new merch line. If you're interested in repping some sex positive feminist merchandise, uh, we have hats, we have stickers. 
We have mugs. We have all sorts of things. So check it out at sexedwithdb.com slash merch. And again, Chase, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.